Girl Tribe Life podcast. My name is Victoria Smith and I am your host today. And for those that are new to the podcast, this is all about learning to live your best life each and every day. And so I want to share with you some mini coaching episodes. I'm a certified health and life coach, so I'm going to be sharing some little micro episodes every two weeks on tips and strategies for how to to live a more vibrant life. And whether that's decreasing your stress, like we're talking about today, how to nourish yourself, how to really achieve those big goals that you got. Those are the kind of things that we talk about every two weeks. And on the alternating two weeks, I interview women who are leading fascinating lives. Because if you've got a big dream, you will 100% connect with these women who are achieving their same kind of big goals. And that's everything from women in politics to entrepreneurs to, you know, stay-at-home moms and foster moms of 44 plus kids. So those are all people that we've profiled before. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to give give a rundown for maybe new listeners to the podcast. Now, we are on episode number 69. And I actually think this might be the first episode that I've recorded live since my baby girl was born. I think. I had a, I mean, baby brain is a legitimately real thing. And I recorded a ton of episodes before she was born so that I wouldn't be stressed in the early months, which will tie in very nicely to today's episode. Uh, I wanted to just be as organized as possible so I could enjoy those early weeks with her because I had no idea what it would be like. And uh, I'm glad to say that she's doing really, really well. She's already 10 pounds. And so that's a three pound gain in like seven weeks. So she's definitely a healthy eater, happy baby. And... I I was just thinking to myself today how incredibly good it feels to have a baby and not have postpartum depression. That's something that I dealt with with my my first child, my son, and it definitely tainted things and definitely added a level of stress that didn't necessarily, that I didn't want to be there. So it's, uh, I'm definitely feeling so much better this time around. And uh, I just thought I would share that for my listeners that uh, have been along on the ride before and know that I am a huge champion for mental health. Now, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, and we highlight podcasts from all over the province. And for those that listen to CKUA Radio Network, I just wanted to let you know that all the podcasts are now actually in the CKUA app. So if you download the app on your phone, you can actually find all of our podcasts from the network right in the app. So you don't need to necessarily listen on on Podbean or Stitcher or Apple or whatever. You could listen to the radio and to podcasts all in the same place in the CKUA app. Now, the network is also powered by ATB. They uh, generously sponsor this program. And I wanted to let you know about a program that they have for kids. Now, as as a parent, I'm definitely going to be thinking of ways that I want to teach my kids about the value of money. I mean, that just seems like a huge challenge, right? Like I remember getting $5 allowance back in the day. Like, what do you do now that uh, modern day, everything, how do you teach kids the importance of what things cost and how to save money? So ATB actually has this really cool program called Junior ATB, where Alberta elementary school students run their own in-school bank, which absolutely sounds really fun to me, actually, and maybe I'm just a a nerd here. But it's a learning opportunity, and it's often a chance for students and families to meet ATB's leaders. So it's kind of like seeing what job potential there is down the road, as well as learning how to be fiscally responsible. And I just think it's a really neat program. So I wanted to let you know about that. Now, I wanted to talk about today's coaching episode. So are you a person that regularly experiences stress in your life? 
whether it's physical or psychological? Now, I'm guessing that you thought yes, and that's only because I play the odds. Because according to the American Psychological Association, in 2017, their annual stress research findings showed that 77% of individuals regularly experience physical symptoms of stress. So think lack of sleep, muscle tension, irritable bowel syndrome, etc. And 73% of individuals regularly experience psychological symptoms caused by stress. So that could be anxiety, depression, nervousness, low energy. The key word that I want you to pull out from those statistics is regularly. So we're talking that the majority of individuals experience chronic levels of stress. And how does stress impact our lives? It can cause tension at home and at work. It can create challenges in juggling our various responsibilities. It can mean we've got less time for personal care. We can start fighting with loved ones. We can alienate ourselves. It can make us sick. Stress sucks, (laughs) period. And as someone that experienced chronic stress for a number of years, I have been so grateful to have gone through a combination of counseling and coaching to get to a place where chronic stress and I are distant acquaintances. Now, do I ever experience stress? Of course I do. It is part of life. It's completely unavoidable. But my resiliency is so much stronger and I've learned really helpful strategies to help me get through them. So that's what today's episode is all about. The top 10 strategies that I have to seriously decrease your stress today. Before I go into detail on what those top strategies are, I do want to highlight that having someone in your corner to guide you through these practices can be incredibly beneficial. And I would love to be that support for you. As I said at the top of the episode, I'm a certified health and life coach, and I am really passionate about helping you decrease stress in your life because it has made such a difference to my life. And if you decrease your stress, you're going to boost your energy and who doesn't want more energy in their life. So if you would like a little bit more information on on how you can work with me, you can actually book a free energy transformation session with me. So you just go to girltrieslife.com and just look for the work with me tab at the top and that'll show you all the ways that you can get in touch with me. You can also actually read uh, some testimonials from past clients that I've had and I'm really just pleased to say that they seem to have really benefited from my coaching. So I'm just, I was honored to work with, with the ladies that I've worked with so far. So the first strategy is let go. Now, have you ever had someone cut you off in traffic and it ruins your morning? No? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Just kidding. It's funny how many of us let these little truly innocuous things alter our mood and our stress levels for hours. In the moment, they may seem like they're really important things. But if we take a step back, I bet there are many moments in your day where you could just take a deep breath and move on without giving it the power to cause you stress. Now, I recently read The Book of Joy, which is written by the Dalai Lama and uh, Reverend Desmond Tutu. And one of the key takeaways for me is this practice that whenever one of these moments happens, whether you're cut off in traffic or someone's rude to you at Starbucks or you get splashed by a passing car, ask yourself whether this will matter in five seconds, five minutes, five hours, or five days. And if it's not going to matter for a matter of days, then brush it off and move forward. Now, another key thing to letting go is to say no more often. (laughs) Cut things from your schedule and your too long to-do list. You've got to clear out 
space of your, your physical and emotional clutter. And you've got to let go or at least hit pause on toxic relationships in your life. And just simply start saying no to things, no to commitments that you don't have time for, or you're not interested in, no to the feeling of, but I should do that. Just no, just let it go. The second strategy is about diet, sleep, and exercise. Now, when we think of stress, we often think of it as emotional or psychological, but physical stress is real as well. And, you know, we talked about that stat early on, 77% of people talk about that physical stress. So I'm not going to go into detail on this one, but we have heard it all before. If you eat well, you'll feel better. If you're well rested, you'll think more clearly. If you get some exercise, you're able to create more energy in your life. Now, I completely understand that in stressful times, diet, sleep, and exercise can be the first things that we sacrifice. We ditch our Zumba class, we hit the drive through or we survive on caffeine, but I bet that those things make you feel like rubbish in combination. So it might work in the very short term. I mean, we've all had that, you know, Starbucks-fueled all-nighter, but in the long term, you're setting yourself up for burnout. Have you ever heard of a Zen person experiencing burnout? Yeah, me neither. Now, as hard as it can be to find the time, you have to create the time. Make life easier for yourself in meal prep or use a meal service if you can afford it. Schedule in your exercise or at a bare minimum, make sure you're walking everywhere and get that sleep. As a mother of a newborn, and she's a good newborn, mind you, but I can tell you just how important sleep is. Without it, you function in a fog and stress will automatically rise, making you more likely to overreact to anything and everything in your life. So the third strategy is about creating your tribe. This do-it-all culture that the Western world espouses is bull. I said it. None of us can do it all, nor are we meant to. And do you truly know anybody that has a career they love, perfect health, an ideal family, gives back to the community, and is all around happy without help? You might think that you do, but I bet that's wrong. And we all need support systems for the various areas of our lives personal trainers, nutritionists, and health coaches, they can help us to get our bodies moving and thriving. Therapists, life coaches, counselors, they can help support our mental health and challenge us to achieve our goals. Friends and family can also be there for that emotional support that we need. Now, when it comes to running a business or a family, we also need support. The more you try and do, the more help you need. So be it kick-ass childcare, a virtual assistant, a weekly cleaner, or a food delivery service, there are so many ways that we can make our lives easier and decrease our stress levels by bringing together a tribe of individuals and services to support us. The key is to build that tribe. So if you don't have that, start bringing those people in. Create your tribe. Strategy number four is all about neutralizing your shame. Now, this is a big one, particularly for women. We shame ourselves constantly. For those who are unclear as to what shame is exactly, it's when you attribute negative things to your personality. So it's like saying, I am instead of I did. For example, when my toddler won't stop crying and throwing tantrums, a moment of shame has me saying, I am a bad mother. Instead of the rational observation, which is that I have a toddler and they're terrible twos. And boy, do we shame ourselves. I'm a bad mom. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm not as good as so-and-so at such and such. I'm a terrible daughter, sister, wife, employee, insert you name it here. Enough. 
just enough. We need to take a step back and even if you don't believe it, you have to rewire that self-talk. The quickest way to neutralize shame that you can start with this very moment is by removing I am from your judgments. Shift it from being about you to being a non-judgmental observation. So instead of saying, I'm a bad friend for such and such, say I did a bad thing and decide what you'll do differently next. The fifth strategy is about slowing down. Now, our modern society has us going a mile a minute. We're constantly available thanks to advances in technology and output is expected to be higher and higher. We try to do it all when once upon a time, that would never have been expected of individuals. We had more supportive communities that used to share the load of work and parenting and domestic duties. Now, when you can't let something go, like we talked about in the first point, or say no, what do you do? When the tension gets so high and you're ready to burst, breathe. It sounds simple, but we often forget to do so. And I heard a great quote from Jay Shetty, who is a former monk. And he said that the only thing that's with us from the day that we're born until the day that we die is our breath. That's the only constant. And our breath changes through every state that we're in. Happy, sad, angry, stressed, our breath changes. So do you ever notice that you hold your breath when you're stressed? I'd So many times I've been at physio and my physiotherapist has been like working through a tough muscle and she'd say, Victoria, breathe. So without proper slowing down of our breath, we can't decrease our stress levels. Now, one method that I am super fond of is called box breathing. So I'd like to think of it as like the four, 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 four. So you breathe in for a count of four, you hold for four, you exhale for four, and you hold for four. So think of it like a box up, hold, down, hold. Now, if you repeat that 10 times, I guarantee that you'll have brought your heart rate down, your physical tension will ease, and you will be thinking more clearly. I try and do this every single time my toddler is throwing a tantrum. I maybe don't get to 10 times because then I would never actually deal with the tantrum. But even just doing it two or three times gets me in the right headspace. And believe me, it works. Number six, adjust your expectations. I keep coming back to this incredibly damning concept of doing it all. It is impossible and yet society tells us that we can do it. So our expectations are sky high. And when you don't reach those unattainable expectations, you feel depressed or anxious or stressed about how to get there. I'm not saying don't dream big. Dream big, but recognize that you can't have everything operate at a 10 consistently and realistically. Not everything at once. Where can you adjust expectations in your life? Now, I used to think that I'd be able to keep my home perfectly clean and work full time and be an engaged mom and a wife and podcast and blog and write and be physically fit and, and, and you get the idea. And so now I have a cleaner that comes twice a month and she does all the important, you know, stuff like the bathroom, the kitchens, the floor. And you know what? I walk in the house on the days that she's visited and I breathe a sigh of relief. I no longer expect that of myself. Now it's the same with timelines. We live in an age where instant gratification is an addiction and social media makes us think that every successful person out there got there overnight. 
Now I know that when I experiment with things on the blog or the podcast or social media and I don't see an immediate result, it can start to eat away at me. And so I have to keep reminding myself to alter my expectations and look at the long game. Because again, it's setting this falsely high unrealistic, unattainable expectations. So sort of, I'm not again, I'm not saying don't dream big. I'm not saying don't have high expectations of yourself, but attainable expectations, right? Number seven, I want you to rework your self-talk. Now, the most brutal place to be is in your own head when you perceive a failure. Oh man, we are so harsh on ourselves. You would never talk to a friend the way that you talk to yourself. And so I challenge you to immediately alter your self-talk. As soon as you have a moment where you're beating up on yourself, think, what would I say to my best friend? And do that. Say that. Be kind to yourself. When it comes to the goals that you've set, those big dreams, act today as the person that you'd need to be to achieve that. Don't get into your head and say you'll never achieve such and such. Act like you already have and see what kind of mindset that requires. I bet it's a much more positive, less harsh place to be. I'm willing to bet that's a less stressful state of mind. Number eight, you have to determine what you really want. Now, I used to have a job where I worked myself to the bone, and I'm talking 60-hour weeks, and I took it so seriously. I wanted to be considered a high performer and to get a great performance review, and I did, but at a seriously high cost. And I look back on that time of my life now and I shake my head because in retrospect, I didn't really want the job. I wanted the recognition and to excel at something. And I'm, you know, a people pleaser, but it was the wrong thing. It wasn't what I really wanted. And so many of us get into that situation. We get anxiety over certain relationships, jobs, or commitments that we've taken on that we may not even really want. The hard part, I'll grant you, is to figure out what you really want in life. And that requires some introspection, which can be tough for a lot of people, but it is so critical. So there's this really common exercise that we talk about people doing, which is imagine yourself at your, the end of your life and ask yourself if you've lived a good life. So in order to figure out that question, have I lived a good life, you have to think about what matters to you, what's important to you. What do you consider to be a good life? Because what I consider a good life and what you consider a good life will be different. Now, when we look forward, you know, chronologically, it's so easy to get caught up in what we think we should want based on society and what others are doing. But if you imagine you're forward on that last day and you look backwards, that's where the clarity comes in. That's where that hindsight's 2020 thing, right? So imagine it. Get clear on that hindsight now. Number nine, change your environment. Have you ever looked around a messy room and felt anxious, even if there was no pressing issue? Or have you been in a crowded room or a packed bus? Our environment has such a huge impact on our mood and stress level. Now, I remember traveling through Southeast Asia with my husband and trying to cross the street in Vietnam, and it was like constantly feeling like you were taking your life into your own hands. Now, I compare that with hiking in the Rocky Mountains, and for me, I find the latter to be much more relaxing. Maybe you're a city person, maybe that's your bag. Again, it depends on you. So whether we're talking about your physical location, 
your job, your cluttered desk, or just your general surroundings, environment matters. So what can you do to declutter the environment that you're in? Or on the flip side, again, maybe you're the kind of person who thrives in chaos. So find out the kind of environment in which you thrive and find more opportunities to be in that kind of space. So if you're in the moment, if you're in a really stressful, like high state and you're, you're a person that needs some quiet, change your environment. You know, even if that's going to the bathroom stall to get that quieter environment, to take your deep breaths, do that. Find the environment that works for you and makes you more calm and more relaxed. You have to know yourself on this one. And finally, number 10, take action. Many of our stressors or our perceived stressors are us worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. What if I lose my job? What if I never meet the one? Will I make my mortgage payment this month? What if my child is sick? These are 100% valid stressors to have and we could list countless more. Part of what makes them so stressful is that many of these things seem outside of our control. So the fun fact is that many things are out of our control. So the key is to focus on that which is within your control. Are you worried about you losing your job? Start working on your resume or talk to a supervisor about a development plan or a career counselor or begin networking. Are you worried about not meeting the one? Get out there, meet people, spend time on new hobbies, spend time with your friends. Are you worried about not making your mortgage payment? Well, what can you do to cut from your budget or can you make a little side income with a part-time job? Now, please don't mistake my examples as me making light of major stressful moments. In no way am I saying that any of these aren't serious or that you don't deserve to feel the associated anxiety. What I'm saying is that if you find small ways to take control, to take action, you will feel better. You'll feel more in the driver's seat and that will reduce stress. So remember, this isn't about making every negative experience disappear. It's about lightening your stress load. So there you have it. These are the 10 strategies that truly make a difference to my life when I'm in a state of high stress or any stress. Now, depending on the circumstance, I can pick one or more of these methods and they almost always make me feel calmer. And they almost always make me feel calmer, allow me to process my thinking better, and they make me physically more relaxed. Like I said, stress and energy go hand in hand. The more stressed you are, the less energetic you are. So if you want to double your energy, half your stress. If you're looking for help to do this, I want to help you do that. And I'm currently looking for two clients. I've got space for two. And if that's of interest to you, please leave me a comment on on the blog at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast forward slash six nine or go to girltrieslife.com and click on the work with me page and you can find out a little bit more about coaching with me, which and I would love to hear from you, even if it's just you know, thoughts on, you know, is this how you relieve stress? What do you do? What are your methods and strategies? So, you know, connect with me on social media on every platform. I'm at Girl Tries Life. Finally, if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes such a difference for people to find the podcast, for people to kind of decide if it's the right thing for them. So please just take a moment to leave a thoughtful comment about what you like about the podcast, what resonates with you, what you're enjoying, or what you want to hear more of. 
so that I can actually start to cater this content to you. So again, thank you so much for joining me. I really hope you go and try one of these strategies immediately when you're feeling some stress today, tomorrow, whenever that is. And let me know how it works out. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to chatting to you next week. Next week we are joined by Kate Flanders and she's going to be talking to us about her journey with minimalism when it came to a budget and her book, The Year of Less. Have a fantastic week. Talk to you next time.